0: The Los Angeles Kings are looking to go on a little bit of a win streak as the New York Rangers come to town, plus some moves in the Kings front office as Mark Bergevin joins the team. All that and more on today's edition of Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast
0: on the Los Angeles Kings part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Kings fans, you are listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you all sorts of news and fun facts all about the Kings basically every day. My name is Sarah Avampato, host of this show. As always, I am glad to be here with you as you make this show hopefully your first listen of the day Every day. On today's show, we've got a little bit of ground to cover. First off, we're going to talk about the uh, front office news and then we're going to talk about the Rangers. So let's uh, let's recap, Precap, whatever. Uh, the Kings announced on Sunday that Mark Bergevan was joining the front office staff as a uh, special adv- as a senior advisor to general manager Rob Blake. It is a consultant role. It's a consulting ca- uh, capacity. So uh, what that means remains to be seen. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit with Gil Martin from Locked On NHL and Locked On Islanders. Gil and I sat down uh, for Locked On NHL on Monday to talk about the latest news, uh, my thoughts and feelings. Is this a good idea, bad idea? Who knows? So we're going to talk about that today. And then I sit down with John Chick from Locked On Rangers as we take a look at tonight's game. Uh, Learn a bit about the Rangers, what's going on with them, who to look out for, and whether or not Brendan Lemieux is going to bite anyone in this one. So let's get down to it right now with my conversation with Gil Martin from Locked On NHL, all about the Mark Bergevin news.
2: Always a pleasure to welcome back a very familiar face to the Monday uh, version of the Locked On NHL podcast, Sarah Avampato, uh, now, of uh, of course, of Locked On LA Kings. And Sarah, great to have you here again.
0: Always glad to be here. I wish it would be under, like, really fun circumstances sometimes, so. though. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, we'll work on that. We'll, we'll, get there. <laughs> we'll get there. I mean, these aren't bad circumstances, I hope. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, we'll well, <laughs> l- 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 let's talk about it. Uh, the LA Kings. Adding Mark Bergevin to their front office—I uh, mean, kind of a, an interesting situation because he is uh, a senior advisor to GM Rob Blake. So let's start with this: What exactly does that mean? <laughs> you
0: know, who knows. <laughs> That's the question. Um, you know, this isn't the first time the Kings have done something like this. Uh, I think Ron Hextall was a uh, senior advisor consultant a couple years ago. Uh, it, it's, it's they have a long history of kind of bringing on guys like this. And it, you know, initially when this came out, it sort of felt like a, going to do my buddy a solid, give him a job for a little bit and, you know, pay him so he can give me an opinion every so often. Um, but, you know, I, I think that especially Rob Blake. I mean, he's far enough into his tenure as GM, that he doesn't necessarily need, you know, someone else hanging around, but especially earlier in his, his uh, career, it did make sense to have a sort of, you know, experienced GM who was just sort of in between jobs, hanging out to bounce ideas off of them. And, uh, and I feel like that is kind of what this is as well, but maybe not.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, should Rob Blake be looking over his shoulder, I guess really becomes the the big question.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's sort of the big question mark hanging over all of this. Rob Blake, I think this is the last year of his deal. Uh, he has talked about, you know, he has every intention of re-signing. The organization has given no indication that things might be troubled. Uh, you know, the Kings are a rebuilding team and everyone knows that. So this isn't a, you know, playoffs or bust kind of thing. Uh, but there are now rumors that uh, at the kind of end of the season, that Bergevin may be signing a deal to officially become the assistant general manager of the team, which that, you know, that puts the little you know, face in the rear view mirror for Rob Blake, because why else do you have Mark Bergevin sitting around uh, as your assistant if right. you aren't preparing to maybe elevate him in
2: the future? Your thoughts about Bergevin, what he brings to the table, what concerns you about him coming into the organization?
0: I mean, his track record speaks for itself in both the positive and the negative. Uh, he is generally regarded as a guy who is pretty good in terms of making trades. Uh, you don't often hear about, you know, especially when, when he was with Montreal, like he didn't exactly, you know, make huge moves, but he, he was, you know, he fleeced enough teams as Montreal's GM that you're like, okay, like we, the king, you can always use someone else to kind of help you concoct a trade. Uh, but drafting, Horrible. Uh, if if he's involved in drafting in any way, I'm going to be very concerned. Uh, the Kings have been fantastic at drafting over the past you know many years now, uh, and I would hope that he stays far away from that. Like that's not not even going into the whole Logan Mayu situation of Bergman being like, yeah, that was fine with me. Uh, just in general, the Canadians haven't drafted particularly well outside of like Cole Caulfield, probably. Uh, So that is concerning. Uh, And, you know, just in general, his involvement in more than his fair share of NHL scandals uh, does give you cause for concern of has he even, has he learned any lesson out of any of this? Uh, He has been unemployed for 40-something days I saw online. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, what has he learned either from any of his involvement in any of the bad things that have gone down, and what he has, has he learned in terms of what is going to make him a better leader, a better GM in the future? And I, I don't really think that the, there's an answer to that. So it, it is concerning. I mean, he does... I wasn't concerned until I started seeing the reports saying, oh, he's actually going to sign a contract to be the assistant GM. Uh, then I was like, oh, great. So he actually is going to have input. I don't know that I like this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That that does uh, sort of change the the tone of that kind of mm-hmm. assigning and, and the hiring. As far as the Kings are concerned right now on the ice, fighting for a playoff berth in the mm-hmm. thick of things. Uh, nice shutout win over the weekend. Uh, and well, let, let's start with this because I think I have to ask this to every host who's out with covid and who's healthy i mean <laughs> how, how bad is it on the kings roster right now
0: they actually have been fairly lucky knock on wood um they have had just a few guys out at a time you know it's never been more than two or three guys out um i think the latest additions to the covid list uh were both uh, alex Ayafalo and uh, alex, alex turcott and both of those guys are i think turcott just got taken off the list and i'm pretty sure that iafolo is as well so I, I think they may not actually have anyone on, on the COVID list after, you know, the next couple of days. Uh, so they, they have been very lucky. Uh, and it's it, the silver lining is that it has given some of the younger players uh, the chance to step up. Uh, Alex Tricotte, until he got COVID, uh, was getting his feet wet in the NHL. Uh, it opened a spot for Martin Furk, who has been uh, down toiling in the AHL, but uh, is back up with his uh, very, very heavy shot. And already scoring. So it, fortunately, uh, injuries aren't too bad and COVID has so far not been as huge of an impact uh, as, as for other teams. I think all the, only the games that they've had rescheduled have been because of things impacting the other team. Um, I think that a couple games up in Canada they were supposed to do that they have not not been able to get done yet.
2: Talk to me a little bit about Jonathan Quick. It's almost like he's gone into a time machine and and, and has really gone back to the way he played a few years ago as compared to the last couple of seasons.
0: Yeah, it has been if you had to have asked if you asked me at the beginning of the season, you know what would my surprise storyline have been? It definitely would not have been this um, you know, quick. We all kind of saw as a guy who's on you know the downswing of his career uh, numbers just kept getting worse year after year and you're like okay, well, you know, he's still around. He's a great backup kind of guy good veteran mentorship uh, and then this year he came back looking like you know 2012-2014 jonathan quick and it's been good because cal peterson who was supposed to be kind of inching towards becoming the starter has struggled uh so i was really glad to see him get that shutout in uh against detroit because you know he gets a little confidence back he made some good saves so hopefully we get him rolling too uh but yeah jonathan quick has looked phenomenal he has been a big reason why this team is currently at least uh, last time i looked at the standings in a wild card position So it's very unexpected, but, you know, I'm not going to complain about it. All right, thanks to Gil for uh, sharing some time with me to talk all about what's going on with the Kings. Up next, we're talking with John Chick from Locked On Rangers. But before we do that, let's talk all about Built Bar because if you need snacks, if you need energy, if you need something to help get you through your day, you wanna go and make sure you're checking out Built Bar. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars. They're covered in 100% chocolate and they're basically just delicious and also good for you. Uh, They are low in calories, high in protein, high fiber, low sugar, all that great stuff. And the best thing is they come in a ton of amazing flavors, including things like cookies and cream, one of my personal favorites. Uh, They've got like a chocolate cookie dough chunk thing, a coconut brownie thing. Uh, lots of great options. And if you're someone who is more like, no, I want them to always taste healthy and not like candy. There's things like orange and raspberry and all sorts of great things for you, no matter what kind of sweet tooth you have. So go check out build.com, see all the cool stuff they have available. They've always got limited edition flavors and stuff hanging out. Uh, so you can uh, always find something that you are into by going and checking out Uh, built.com. You can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off when you make your order at built.com. So go and check that out. Now we're going to hear from John Chick from Locked On Rangers. Uh, He and I sat down to talk a little bit about uh, the game that is coming up tonight. So let's get right into that now on Locked On Los Angeles Kings.
1: Alright, so welcome back Ranger fans and Kings fans, this is John Chick with On New York Rangers, joined by Sarah Evan Pato of On Kings. Sarah, how are we doing today?
3: Not too bad, I'm excited to see what happens in this one.
1: Yeah, me too, you know, obviously it's a rematch from the 2014 finals, and as we were just talking about before we uh, hit record here, both of our teams coming off of very impressive wins, the Rangers uh, going into Anaheim, dominating the third period, posting a 4-1 to one win, and of course the Kings uh, blanking the Red Wings last night, beating them 4-0. Uh, what are you seeing from the Kings lately? Because obviously they've been playing pretty well, and uh, the way things stand right now looking like kind of a fringe playoff team out there in the Western Conference.
3: It's always interesting because games with the Kings are kind of a tale of two Kings, essentially, because they'll have games where they just come out and they look like they have never met each other before and never played hockey before, and you're wondering... Like what? What's happening? Like why? Why are you doing this to us? Uh, but then you know you'll have more complete efforts, like we saw against the Red Wings, where they won four nothing, five nothing, maybe they were uh, whatever. They, they won. It was really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. They had a really good game against uh, the Flyers the other day, uh, where you know you're actually seeing them ready from puck drop and actually competing hard the whole time, and you, know, you get consistency with the lines and everything. Uh, instead of trying to change stuff up so you know we've been seeing when they're at their best like this in this game against Detroit uh they are a team that is playing the game the right way and they're looking like a dangerous team and I'm hoping that that's the team we see uh against the Rangers tonight
1: yeah absolutely and for the Rangers you know last night they were also in action they go into Anaheim they're 1-1 going into the third period and they end up winning the game uh four to one and uh you know it, it, crazy third period because Goals from the Rangers came from Jared Tenorti, who was usually a healthy scratch. That's probably the only goal he'll get all season, but good for him. You know, it was, it was cool to see. And then uh, Ryan Lindgren ends up getting two goals, including the empty netter to, to kind of seal the deal there. But uh, it also kind of just continued this trend, a very positive thing that I've noticed about the Rangers this season. Well, two things actually for starters, they tend to really bounce back after a disappointing loss. You know, they played Vegas the game before, and, you know, they were 1-1 in the second period. And then the game just kind of got away from them. And, you know, it happens from time to time. You play 82 games. Uh, sooner or later, that's going to happen, especially when you've got a young team like the Rangers. But uh, they lose that game 5-1, to uh, and they, they bounce back with a win against Anaheim. But also, uh, the Rangers now 10-0-1 when tied going into the third period. And you hear a stat like that, it really jumps off the page, and it really makes you think, like, wow, this is a team – that knows how to get it done in crunch time. So uh, I will say this, Sarah, you don't want the Kings to be tied with the Rangers, I don't think, going into the third period. Now I'll say that and watch the Kings win. But uh, yeah, so far uh, the, Rangers, the Rangers are really in their element when uh, when that's the case this season, when they're tied going into the third.
3: Yeah, I feel like looking at the thing that I feel like has most surprised me about the Rangers has been kind of the the big jump that they've really taken from last season to this season. Uh, you know, don't know that I realized that they were one of the top teams in the league until I was kind of getting ready for, you know, for this conversation and looking at where the Rangers are. And here they are sitting amongst, you know, teams that everyone sort of pegged as, you know, playoff favorites, if not Stanley Cup favorites. Uh, and and there's the Rangers. So what what is driving this? Is it kind of the young players? Is it the, the veterans stepping up? Uh, how, how did this happen? Because I was a little surprised.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. I I would say that, uh, you know, obviously the Rangers have been in this massive tear down, rebuild phase over the past couple of seasons here. And uh, I think this season is a reminder that when you rebuild, it doesn't always go like in uh, even increments every single season. Sometimes you can get to a point where, you know, they don't just move up a little bit. They they take a huge jump forward, you know, whichever team is, you know, coming out of a rebuild. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with the Rangers. But as far as, you know, what's the driving force behind it, I mean – I can't go a second longer without mentioning Igor Shosturkin. Now he is on the COVID protocol list and Alex Georgiev's has done a fantastic job in his, uh, in his absence, but early in the season, you know, the Rangers, they got a new coaching staff. They got some new faces, new line combinations and what have you. Uh, so, it really came down to Igor Shosturkin just stealing game after game after game. I mean, he was absolutely ridiculous. If you look at the first, like, three weeks, maybe even the first month of the season, forget about the Vezda. I think you could make a candidate that Igor was maybe the MVP of the league. I mean, he was that good, and the Rangers, the Rangers were winning games that they just had no business winning. So he really picked them up earlier in the season. And, I, you know, I, I think, you know, since then, the rest of the team has kind of caught up. Uh, guys are getting used to playing with each other. That chemistry is there. Uh, Chris Kreider, you know, I never thought that we would see a season where he really put all the pieces together like he has. Now, don't get me wrong. Kreider's been a very, very good player for the Rangers. One of my favorites over the years. Uh, the longest tenure player on the New York Rangers. But he's 30 years old. And I just figured at this point, like, we're just going to have to get used to Chris Kreider being that guy who's really hot and cold. You know, it's not going to mm-hmm. change. He's a very streaky player. But this year, I mean, the guy's been unbelievable. He comes to play every single night, uh, having a career best season at the age of 30. So that's really cool as well. I mean, as far as like the defenseman, I-, I would take the Ranger, you know, their top four defenseman against maybe any other quartet in the NHL. I mean, Fox, we all know about on Fox is you know, what he does speaks for itself. Ryan Lingren, very underrated defenseman, I, I think, around the league. I don't think people realize how good he is, just kind of like an old-school throwback. Uh, Jacob Truba's done a fantastic job. And uh, Keandre Miller, he had a little bit of a hiccup last night. It actually led to a goal for the Ducks, but I think he's had a great season as well. So it really is a little bit of everything. And then, of course, you know, you've got guys like Panarin and Zibanejad. You know what you're going to get from them. So so they've been great. Uh, how about the Kings? Because, you know, they've been down a little bit over these last couple of seasons. But, you know uh, Again, kind of like a fringe playoff team right now. Uh, what, what's kind of been there, the, the driving force behind them, you know, having a little bit of a resurgence this season?
3: One of the things is a player that I think a lot of Kings fans, sort of like you were saying with Chris Kreider, of how you just were like, well, he is what he is. We're, we've just accepted this. There's going to be times where he's frustrating. There's going to be times where he's great. Uh, the Kings have Adrian Kempe, who right now is playing up on the top line. He actually leads the team in goals. He has 15 goals this season. Uh, which is, you know, usually Anje Kopitar leads the team in every possible, you know, category. But this year Adrian Kempe is leading the team in goals and it's actually, you know, his career high in goals was 16 set back in his rookie season. So, you know, we're not even halfway through the season and he is on pace to blow that out of the water. Uh, But he is a player who similarly has always been, you know, really hot and cold. He'll score a bunch of goals all at once and then go dry for the next 15 games. Uh, And instead he has actually been, you know, really helping to drive play. He's been getting really good opportunities at the net and he's actually been capitalizing on them. Uh, And his shooting percentage isn't too much off of where it usually is. So this isn't like a, you know, you always see that one guy who scores a bunch of goals and then you're like, oh, he shot at 30% this year for some reason. Uh, (laughs) So he's been really important for the Kings this year, which is strange for fans because every year they're ready to trade him at the deadline. Uh, to to move on from him but I think this is a contract year for him Uh, so not surprised but uh, he's been really really helpful for this team uh, in in scoring because that's not uh, not always their strength Um, and I mean another huge thing for the Kings that can't really be overstated is Jonathan Quick looking like you know 2012-2014 Jonathan Quick Um, yeah don't know why Uh, I I know that he had an off-season surgery that addressed some, like, I think, shoulder issues or something, but, you know, the the team has been, you know, subtly ready to move on from him. His contract is winding down. They signed Cal Peterson to a nice deal for uh, the next several years, and then, you know, Peterson put together a really good performance against Detroit, and I'm hoping that that kind of gets him back on track, but he's had a rough season this, this, uh, this season so far, and quick stepping up and putting together... Not just you know some of his best numbers, but honestly some of the best numbers in the league for goaltenders has been a big driving force behind keeping this team in in the hunt for a playoff spot. I know when I went to sleep last night they were in a wild card spot, so you know knock on wood that it stays that way. But uh, Jonathan Quick has been really big for this team, uh, which I think poses a, a big question for the Kings in the future of well now what do we do uh, if Peterson doesn't bounce back? But uh, he he's been really huge this year.
1: Yeah, I got to say, you know, I looked up quick stats, uh, you know, a little bit earlier today before we started recording here and I was surprised. I mean, for starters, I was kind of surprised that he fell off the way that he did. I I mean, I know goalies, you know, they, they can't be elite forever, but you know, he is just, I think he just turned 35 and it was just surprising to see, you know, a guy who was, uh, you know, maybe the best goalie in hockey uh, just Mm -hmm. basically fall off a cliff. But now, uh, you know, he's kind of turned back the clock. Like you were saying a little bit this season and uh, just having a great season. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned the trade deadline real quick there and how, you know, a lot of Kings fans are always looking for them to deal Kempe near the deadline. What do you think the Kings approach will be at the deadline this season? Because, you know, again, you can kind of get caught in between a little bit here. Some of these teams that are kind of like fringe playoff teams. I mean, do the Kings buy? Do they try to give this core group of players, you know, one more chance to make a playoff run? Or could you see some guys being sold? Or do they just kind of stand pat? I mean, any kind of inkling as far as uh, what they might do at the deadline this season?
3: my guess is that if things continue the way they are that they're probably just going to either stand pat or make kind of minor deals uh you know every so often you see those guys who are you know third fourth liners getting moved at the deadline because someone wants some more grit or whatever if if they get into a more solid playoff spot uh you know they've been sort of bouncing in and out of that wild card spot lately uh so if, if they get it more solidified i could see them maybe making a small addition i I don't think they're ready quite yet to you know throw the farm at, at at getting someone big to come in but i think that the talent is there and now it's sort of at the point where it's like you hope they make the playoffs just to give these young players the experience of the playoffs to give them that drive for the next year uh but you know the team if you look back at those rosters from 2012 2014 the only players who are left Anja Kopitar, Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, Jonathan Quick and none of those guys are going anywhere Um, Brown I think is at the end of his contract so it'll be interesting to see what they do with him but I I doubt that he gets moved unless he wants to be moved at the deadline. Kopitar obviously not going anywhere Doughty is here forever Uh, so it, it would be more kind of those young like spare parts essentially, which sounds mean, but you know, Andreas Sassanassou, he's hurt right now. So not a great example, but he's not the future of this team. But if the Kings aren't in a position where they're gonna be making meaningful hockey at the end of the year, another team might be interested in picking up a speedy young forward. And then that opens up a roster spot for the Kings for the future. But I don't see them being big players unless something really wild happens down the stretch.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times it depends on how the market kind of shakes out. You know, is this going to be a buyer's mm-hmm. market or a, a seller's market this season? And, you know, how much does it take to get? I mean, that's always going to be a question is how much do you have to give up to get such and such a player? But, you know, with the Rangers and where they are in the standings, um, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, Sarah, that they are maybe like a little bit ahead of schedule, quote unquote, and, you know, surprising some people this season. And certainly it looks like they're going to be set up to be, uh, you know, contenders both in the short term and in the long term. But, You know, I was thinking about this the other day too. You never know. I mean, yeah, it Mm -hmm. looks like the Rangers are going in the right direction and that they should be, uh, you know, able to be uh, a top team, uh, for several seasons going forward, but you never know when you're going to catch lightning in a bottle the way that they have this season. So, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm really hoping going into the deadline that they're kind of bold and, you know, they might add, you know, a right winger they've had on the second line, kind of a revolving door at the, uh, right wing spot over the years. I mean, guys have just kind of been shuffled in and out of there. And, uh, I'd like to see a sniper, you know, added to that line in the trade deadline because, I mean, the passes that he would get from Panarin and Ryan Strom, I mean, if you put a sniper mm-hmm. on the right wing, that'd be unbelievable. That, that'd that be great to see. Uh, maybe a defenseman for a little bit of depth there, too. But I'm really hoping the Rangers, uh, you know, at least make a move or two, a pretty significant move or two to make this team better because, I mean, you know other teams around the league are going to be looking to do that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of hope they go all in. I mean, don't overdo it and trade the entire farm, but... Uh, when you're Mm -hmm. having a season like this i I think you owe it to yourself to uh to be aggressive come trade deadline time you know what i mean
3: yeah i do want to ask you about a player that we we touched on kind of briefly and that's adam fox and he you know obviously one of if not the best defenseman in the league depending on who you ask uh but it's it's been interesting catching up with him because you know obviously last season these two teams didn't meet uh, and yeah, there's only so many hours in the day. So, you know, didn't get to see Adam Fox quite as much as I wanted. And then suddenly here he is, you know, Norris caliber defenseman. And everyone's like, where did this guy come from? Uh, so I, I imagine that there's other Kings fans in sort of the same, uh, same bubble of, I know this guy's name, but what makes him so special? Uh, so that, that is my question is what, what exactly makes Adam Fox so great?
1: He is just the total package. I mean, he's somebody who is a great two-way defenseman. I mean, this is for, you know, Kings fans who maybe haven't gotten a chance to see him play. I'll kind of just take it from the top here. And for starters, I mean, the Rangers absolutely stole this guy from the Carolina Hurricanes, just Mm -hmm. giving up two second-round draft picks to bring him in. Um, But, you know, he's not necessarily a defenseman that's going to go out there and knock your head off. He's not really known for these bone-jarring hits or anything like that. But he just doesn't get beat. He never gets caught out of position, uh, spends just a ton of time on both the power play as well as the penalty kill. Uh, His hockey IQ and his vision on the ice are second to none. Uh, Some of the passes that this guy makes, I think you or me might be able to score on some of the passes that, you know, he makes to his teammates. (laughs) I mean, he's just he does it all, you know, and it's funny because this offseason, the Rangers, you know, they wanted to. uh, well, Well, first of all, let me back up just a second here. Uh, he's obviously in the race for the Norris Trophy last season, and it's kind of a three-man race between him and Makar and Headman. And as a Ranger fan, you know, I'm coming on my show, and I'm campaigning for him, and this is why he should be the Norris, and this, that, and the other thing. And then he wins the Norris, and obviously I'm happy for him, but then it's like, oh, boy, he just won the Norris. Like, he's going to he's gonna need a really big contract here, you know, because he can now make the claim that he's the best defenseman in the league. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's crazy, you know. Th- they signed him to an eight-year extension, and it's at, I believe, $9.5 million a season. And it sounds like a lot, and it is a lot. But at the same time, this dude's 23 years old. He's only going to be 31 when that contract runs out. And imagine how much better he can get between now and then. So uh, as far as long-term, eight-year, $9.5 million per season deals are concerned, I don't think it gets any safer than that, than, than this one specifically, because he's already at just a tremendously elite level. And uh, it's just a pleasure to watch him play hockey every single night. I mean, it gets to the point where you almost start to take him for granted just a little bit. Um, But, man, I mean, I just – he's been unbelievable. Best defense that the Rangers have had since Brian Leach, no doubt about it.
3: Yeah, I, I'm excited to see him. I, I feel like I want to watch Rangers games where they're not playing the king so I can appreciate him instead of being probably irritated.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> being afraid of what he's going to do out there, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. You guys, uh the Kings do have a couple of former New York Rangers who I wanted to ask you about as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, Sarah, we, we did a couple of crossover episodes when these these deals were struck. Uh, you know, two separate deals, one in which Brian Lemieux goes to the Kings, one in which Leas Anderson goes to the Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh we can start with Lemieux. I, I saw he's got seven goals and an assist this season. Uh, minus the unfortunate biting incident that he had earlier this season. Uh how how has he done with the Kings so far this this year and, and even last year as well?
3: You know, this year, he like last year, I, I will say I wasn't particularly impressed last year uh, to the point where I was like, you know, if Seattle took him, I wouldn't be too upset, you know, uh, but this year he is, pun not intended, making me eat my words a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, he his line, uh, he kind of the third, fourth line, depending on how you look at it. Uh, it's him, Blake Lazat who's kind of a, you know, smaller, but like very energetic center and uh, Arthur Kaliev have been playing most of the time together. And they have been one of the most effective lines for the Kings, Uh, you know, looking at their points totals, you might not necessarily uh, suspect that, but you know, they're keeping the puck in the zone, they're creating chances, they're creating havoc. Uh, And when Lemieux is playing on the right side of the line, AKA not biting people, uh, he has been doing exactly what the Kings brought him in there to do is stand up for his teammates and be a pest and be irritating and all that stuff. Um, he He's he's doing what he's getting paid to do there. Uh, and the goals I feel like are just sort of an added bonus. So uh, I, I you know, didn't love the trade. I still think that it'd be nicer to see one of the Kings prospects stepping up and filling that role. But at the end of the day, he's scored seven goals. And the Kings yeah. have always had a, a problem with depth scoring and he at least Is doing that, and of course, you know when the whole biting thing happened. I know that he's a guy that rumors have always followed him of, you know, maybe not the best liked guy in the room or everything. So of course, the Kings all stand up to defend him whenever all that stuff starts coming out. So you never know uh, how how he really is fitting in there. No teammate, I guess, unless you're a teammate of Evander Kane's, probably is gonna, yeah, you know, speak up and be like, yeah, no, my teammate really is like not a great guy but you know they all seem to like him he seems to be having a lot of fun so uh, good job I guess uh Leas Anderson has been in and out of the lineup he's been hurt a lot I feel like he gets in the lineup and then he gets hurt and then he's back out of the lineup um he you know I I think that last season was it's sort of they've sort of flip-flopped because last season I think was better for Anderson Uh, he really generated a lot of chemistry with his line mates and their line was pretty good Uh, But because he's been in and out of the lineup so much, I think it's been a lot harder for him to develop a rhythm. And of course, now that he isn't waivers exempt, uh, you know, they're not going to want to send him to Ontario to get him in games because they're not really going to want want to risk losing him. But I think he's been good in flashes, uh, but just hasn't really been able to get the consistent minutes that I think he would need to really be more established on the team.
1: Yeah, it's crazy with Lemieux. I mean, I, I've read those rumors, too, that maybe he's not necessarily the most liked, uh, you know, player in the locker room among his teammates. But, you know, to your point, Sarah, nobody, unless your teammates with Evander Kane, is going to throw their own guy Thank under you. the bus. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, the way you describe him, that's kind of his M.O. when he was on the Rangers. You know, he would stand up for teammates. He would mix it up. It seemed like he was always kind of in the middle of everything. And, uh, you know, a little, little bit of a big brother type to certain players on the Rangers. Mm-hmm. But, uh that's good to see that, you know, he's uh, he's contributed in a mostly positive way for the Kings this season. Um, you know, is there anybody on the Kings who maybe isn't, you know, really a household name, somebody that's kind of under the radar that Ranger fans uh, should keep their eye on in this game here between these two teams?
3: Uh, so one person i say to keep an eye on is Sean Dursey. Uh He is, uh, this is first season in the NHL. I uh, made his debut a couple of games ago. He's uh, a young defenseman, uh, you know, puck moving, creative defenseman. Uh, he has you know, just seven points, 17 games, but he is someone who I think, as he gets more comfortable in the league, uh, is going to be really fun to watch. Uh, but he has been making impact and making a lot of really smart plays. Uh, the Kings don't have a ton of guys on the blue line outside of Drew Doughty who sort of play with that more offensive minded, creative flair. Uh, and he also is. For a guy pegged as an offensive defenseman, is also you know not afraid to make the big block and not afraid to get in there uh, in a little bit more of a defensive ca- uh, capacity. So I'd say keep an eye out for him. Um, and this guy is a little more of a household name if you had watched uh, you know the playoffs last season with Montreal. But Phil Deneau came yeah. in over the offseason in free agency, and he has been. Uh, you know, people were like, "Oh, is this an overpay? You know, did we really need to pay- give him this contract?" But the answer is yes, you did. Uh, he he has been really good for the Kings. Um, I've, I've enjoyed watching him. Uh, I used to cover the Blackhawks and I covered them when he was a prospect there. So it feels a little weird to have everything come full circle because now he's back on the team that I cover now. But uh, he, you know, second line center, defensive minded, but he's still scoring goals. He has six goals this season, uh, which is, you know, an added bonus. Uh, but he's been a lot of fun and has taken some of the pressure off of Andre Kopitar in, in, in regards to, you know, Kopitar doesn't doesn't have to be out there for every defensive draw and every play in the defensive zone uh, because now they have another strong center
1: down the middle um, who can help do some of that. Yeah, for sure. It's funny you mentioned know because I can remember going into the off season this past year and uh, he was one of my, you know, favorite targets in free agency mm-hmm. as far as uh, guys that the Rangers might look to bring in. Rangers were a little bit thin at center. Uh, to know, you know, kind of a good two-way center, a little bit of a defensive center. I mean, obviously, he can score a little bit too, but uh, just a well-rounded player, just one of those guys that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a B plus at everything, so to speak. So uh, he was somebody that I was interested in. It's it's interesting to hear that you know he's he's done a nice job thus far with the Kings. Uh, as far as under the radar Rangers, I mean, it's it's kind of the same deal here. It, it's not like people haven't heard of Barclay Goodrow. I think most people have at least know who he is, mm-hmm. and obviously. You know, his profile is raised, playing on the the Lightning the last couple of seasons, winning a couple of Stanley Cups. But, um, yeah, he's done a great job with the Rangers. You know, overall, he's, uh, you know, you bring him in, you want more toughness, you want more physicality. That's gonna be uh kind of his calling card. But recently, you can't keep this guy off the scoreboard. I mean, every single game, you know, he's getting a goal or, or an assist or something like that. And I looked this up today as well. And, you know, I know he's been uh shipping in with some goals and some assists lately. He's actually fifth on the Rangers with 17 points, which is pretty wild to think about. I mean, I literally have the screen in front of me right here, and I'm like double checking it to make sure that's right. But uh yeah, all of a sudden Goodrow is an assist machine and he's setting up his teammates, he's scoring some goals. I mean, a couple of his goals, he's got seven, I think at least two of them are empty netters. But even so, I mean, Goudreau's been a, a heck of a pickup for this team. And, uh, you know, obviously that was kind of their mission this offseason, was to get tougher and more physical. And all of a sudden, this guy's contributing offensively as well. So uh, I would say Goudreau is somebody to to watch. And he's actually now playing on the Rangers' second line. Uh, Artemi Panarin's out of the lineup, and you've got uh, Lafreniere, Stroman, and Goudreau playing together. So kind of a makeshift second line. But, hey, it's clicking, so we'll take it.
3: <laughs> That's, I mean, he's, he, Kings fans are familiar with him from uh, his time on the Sharks, too, uh, so yeah. uh, that, that was an interesting signing, because I feel like people were like, you know, you're giving this guy all this money, and he's basically a fourth liner, but here he is, uh, he's not.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he, he does all the little things, you know, it, it's stuff that doesn't always, uh you know, show up in the score sheet, but uh, he does a heck of a job for the Rangers, but um. Do you want to throw out a prediction i mean a final score anybody to score a goal for the kings anything like that um
3: i well i think it would be really funny if Brendan and you scored so i'm gonna go with that i i'm really big on uh players scoring against their former teams so yeah. I, I i would like to manifest one of those um i think this is going to be a tight one i feel like it's a 3-2 game um and i would toss a coin if i had one to see who i thought was going to win but I'll give the edge to the Rangers just because they've been on a hot streak lately, but uh, also because it seems like every time I predict the Kings to win, they blow it. So <laughs> I'm going to go with the Rangers
1: winning. That feeling. I'll, I'll say the Rangers win four to two. And I have no doubt, you know, you said Lemieux might score. I get the feeling Leah Anderson's probably going to score just to make <laughs> it as ridiculous as possible. Um, <laughs> this is a, this is a stat that's absolutely crazy, but the Rangers have played two games against the Vegas Golden Knights this season. Brett Howden, who was on the Rangers for three years, just didn't work out, was never the player that they thought that he was going to be. He has two goals and an assist two games against the Rangers. He actually, and he only got one goal for the Rangers last year, the entire season, and it was an empty netter. So he has scored more goals against the Rangers this season than he scored four last season. So, yeah, I get the feeling, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll say Rangers – 4-2, Four to two, but I, I would be shocked if uh, the way things have gone, if, if Lemieux or Lea Anderson doesn't get on the score sheet. That's just kind of the, the the way it's gone for the Rangers this season when they play their yeah. former players. So yeah, I could yeah. definitely and, see that and, happening.
3: And Anderson has yet to score a goal this season. He's only got one assist. Uh, yeah, like I said, he's been in and out of the lineup. So I think that that would be even funnier. If he yeah, gets which, his first goal against the Rangers. Exactly.
1: That that just convinces me even more that uh, that he's probably going to end up making it happen. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I think the Rangers will will pull out a 4-2 win, maybe with, like, an empty netter at the end there. All right, cool. Well, Sarah, this is a ton of fun, as always. Uh, I figure we can probably do this again later this season. I I think they play each other again one more time. Do they not? I
3: think so. I don't think they've been to New York
1: yet. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll look to do another crossover in the future. And, uh, Reindeer fans and Kings fans, thanks for tuning in, as always. And, uh, we'll see you guys next time. All
2: right. So, welcome back.
0: All right, thanks to John for uh, having a little chat with me all about the Kings and the Rangers game that is coming up tonight. Uh, thanks also to Gil Martin for talking with me all about the Mark Bergevin news. All sorts of stuff coming up for you this week. Um, I'm hoping to sit down with Laura and or Scott from Locked On Canadians to talk about Mark Bergevin, uh, see what he's good at, what he's bad at, what this move might mean, what they're hearing up there in the market. Uh, so we're going to talk with them this week. Also talking with Hunter Hodes, Later this week about uh, the Penguins because we are welcoming welcoming them to uh, Staples Center uh, later this week. So we're going to get the latest update on the incredibly uh, hot Penguins. They just had a win streak broken. It was like ten games or something. It was crazy. Uh, so we're going to learn about them this week as well. And of course tomorrow we'll be back to uh, hear all about what goes down in this game against the New York Rangers. So. That is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks again to John and to Gil for talking with me uh, today on the show. If you want to hear more from me, you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. The show's on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings and, of course, available wherever you get your podcasts and also sort of kind of on YouTube. So make sure you're subscribing, make sure you're following the show and telling your friends all about it because we are here all season long to talk to you about the Los Angeles Kings that is it for today. Thanks so much for listening and or watching. Until next time, this has been Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.